How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Right, happy Wednesday, everyone. This is Rob, and here we are with episode number 58 of Shut Up and Grind with yours truly. So you guys know we keep this show motivational. We keep it educational, entertaining, and transformational. So as, we, as you know, the premise of this show is how to overcome obstacles. It's like I always mess up the sides and step into your greatness. So now, what does that mean, to step into your greatness? So that's to step into what you're truly passionate about. Because everybody had some type of dream or hope or wish when they were younger. And then somewhere along the lines, your wings got clipped. And so I bring on guests from all over the world. And we talk about what they had to go through. Because there's a select amount of people that get stuff handed to them. Most everyone had to grind for what they have. You know, they had to go through something. And the premise of this show is to highlight those stories of how people got to where they are now. And we're gonna we're gonna display it in a way that helps you because how many of you are stuck in that rut where you have bigger dreams, you have bigger goals, and you wanna step somewhere else, but you feel stuck. You might even feel trapped. And the first way for you to get through that is you gotta start with your own life story. And once you master your own life story, then you can start putting steps in place to getting where you want to get. So today's guest created a platform that you guys have seen, I think, roughly 15 members from his platform. So he created this platform for people to come and share their stories with everyone else in the world. So combined with what I do, I help you guys create the stories. He helps you distribute the stories. Right, so his name is Andrew, and I did not ask him how to pronounce his last name, so I'm going to take a shot at it. Andrew Alleman, come on down. Hey, that was perfect. You all nailed right. it. Good, good. You nailed it, which is very rare. <laughs> I hear all sorts of different di different pronunciations. So. Although I spelled it wrong in the promo, though. Well, yeah, that, I get that too. So you know, it's. <laughs> I'm I'm usually pretty pretty thorough with uh with the proofreading and all that, but I didn't catch that one. That's <laughs> uh, all right. That's all right. All right. So how you feeling today? You know I'm doing well. It's uh, let's see. It's it's Tuesday. It's sunny outside, which for Seattle isn't a bad deal. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Doing well. That, that is all great, except it's Wednesday. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Maybe I'm not all there. Maybe I'm not all there. So. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So where, where, where were you from? 
Uh, let's see. I I was technically, uh, well, I was born in Houston, but I grew up in St. Louis. Okay. And then I moved to uh, Austin, Texas, college and beyond for another 20-something years. And, and now I live outside of Seattle. Okay. So in, in a couple sentences, who is Andrew? Andrew is a micro-entrepreneur. So I... I come up with business ideas, test them out. Um, these aren't going to be the next Google or the next Facebook, yeah. um, but they are things that as, as someone who really loves the intricacies of business, it's, it's something that I enjoy doing and, and can make some money. Okay. I like it. All right. So now is that something that you've always wanted to do? I would say I, I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always, you know, I was the kid at school who is breaking down packs of candy and selling them and, and that sort of things like, like lots of entrepreneurs. I know they all tell that, that same story. Um, I was, when I was younger, I was on paper, I was designing businesses when I was a little kid, you know, 10, 11, 12, like a, a video game retailer and that sort of stuff. And just kind of role playing these types of things. So I would say, yes, that's kind of always been in, in my blood. That's awesome. All right. So you mentioned college earlier. Where, where did you go? I went to the university of Texas. Okay, nice. UT. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, what was your major? Uh, I majored in finance. So I did the undergraduate business program there. Oh, nice. All right. And so what did you want to do? Like when you were going into college, what was your focus for your future? So I assumed that I'd be either an investment banker or do something in banking or work at a consulting firm. And that was my idea. You know, that was that was kind of what a lot of people did in undergraduate business. Um, just thinking of the time frame here, this was the late 90s. Um, so this was kind of dot com boom, really, really taking oh, off yeah. at the time. And it was about to implode. We didn't know that. But uh, <laughs> so, you know, we were all kind of trading stocks in school and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was what I assumed I would do. But I didn't didn't end up doing that. <laughs> what, why not? What happened? You know, I got a, a premier internship at one of the top consulting firms before my senior year of school. And that summer, I didn't enjoy the work. And every day when I came home, uh, back to the apartment I was renting, I would get online, which was dial up at the time, as yep. DSL. <laughs> and I would get online and I work on websites. And I was, I was just, I was sucked in. I was all about the dot-com boom and the internet and web commerce and, and that sort of thing. It's just where my excitement was. It really wasn't in consulting or, or even to some extent banking as well. Okay. How, how did your, your parents feel about that? Oh, they, I, you know, they, they weren't set on me being, you know, a banker or a consultant, okay. you know, and, and, and they knew, look, you know, I was in undergraduate business school. It's kind of a vocational type of thing, right? I mean, I, I was a business person through and through. So mm. I didn't grow up in a family where my parents expected me to be some, some sort of profession, um, yeah. which was really liberating. And it's something I didn't really realize at the time. But now I talk to people whose parents assumed, you know, if they weren't going to be a lawyer or a doctor, they had failed, you know, that, that sort of thing. So I was fortunate not, not to grow up in that situation. Nice. It's like, I, I like, I like to get into people's, people's backstories because it's just, just amazing what people have to go through. And with what you just said, it's, it, this, it's not really typical of how most people have some type of focus 
and then someone else steers them elsewhere. Mm. And, you know, like I always mention on the show with my dad, like I knew I wanted to do something in, in the health field, whether it was to be like an athletic trainer or just something along those lines. And my dad, this was in the late, the early 90s. And my dad was like, you know, you want to go into computer engineering, you know, and he wasn't wrong. It would have been know? lucrative. Yeah, <laughs> the like timing he, was great. He definitely wasn't wrong, but I, it it did nothing for me. Right. It just it just didn't. And he was an engineer, and like he could. I was constantly building stuff with him, helping him with plumbing, helping him with with, with electrical and bills. But it just didn't do anything for me. And he was right. trying so hard to get me to follow in those those footsteps. And I was like, I my power is connecting with people. You know, even from being being a captain of captain of sports teams and remember being in a track meet and we were a heavy underdog to one of the city schools. Like I grew up in the woods. And so like we were a heavy underdog and I remember just going around and just rallying the team. I'm like, we can beat them. I was mm-hmm. like, you like, you like, we need your best. It's like, you may not win, but you, we, we need you to get third place. Like so-and-so I need your best in that pole bowl. And just getting people to believe in themselves. like, And I wasn't going to get that being a computer engineer. I, I just wasn't. But I ended up falling into the restaurant management trap. <laughs> and so I did that for 20 years. And then finally I was like, I, I belong connecting people. And right. Here we are now. You know, so for you now, so you graduate college. And what was the first thing you did? So I went to work for a, a enterprise software company that was spinning off a lot of dot coms in the consumer and B2B space. And it was a hot company at the time. Um, it was, you know, we were all counting our options. We thought we were going to be rich. And then about, I don't know, 12, 18 months after joining. So this is 2001 now. Um, it Everything implodes. Right. The the NASDAQ crashes. Everyone's IPO dreams go away. The company starts laying people off. Um, And so it was it was a big change. And and I'll tell you, the other job I considered taking at the time, uh, I had an offer from Amazon um, and, you know, I passed on that. And people always say, oh, man, that was a big mistake. You know, you'd you'd be rich now. But, you know, Amazon went through some dark times, you know, (laughs) and and people forget that. You know, it didn't just become what, what it is today. That was 20 years ago, right? Yes. And and it went through some dark times as well. So who yeah. who knows if that would have worked out either. Yeah, and th- and that's exactly why I like to tell the backstories because a lot of people don't know that. Mm. You know, like a lot of young tw- young 20-somethings, they, they just see it for what it is and not realize. Even with Apple, like a lot, lot of people don't even realize that no, Microsoft, yeah. Microsoft had to bail out Apple. Right. It was, it was dead. It was a joke. When when I started college, um, I went into, in my economics classes, big auditorium, there are like 500 people in the class. And back then, you know, we didn't, you you would download or you wouldn't download, you get material on discs, right? You know, the three and a half inch discs or whatever, three and a quarter. Um, and so the, the, the instructor professor said, Hey, um, you know, I, I want you to go to the to the campus computer store and get this, you know, these lessons on disk. And uh, he goes, and does anyone in here have a Mac? And literally one person out of the 500 raised their hand and wow. he goes, well, you don't have a computer. So sorry, you're, you're, you're screwed, you know. And, and so now it's like the complete opposite when you go into a campus. Yes, so, like, yeah. Remember when the iPad first came out, too? It got awful reviews, right. awful reviews. And like nobody thought. 
it was good gonna last and now, now almost every business has one <laughs> that's insane it like, is. no matter where you go they have them now so like and that's what belief in the dream i mean a lot of people talk about what a jerk steve jobs jobs was to work for but you know his his vision his vision was there Mm -hmm. No, it was absolutely there. So he he saw it. He's like, I want to get all of my music on this little thing. <laughs> now go make it. <laughs> right. So, right. Yep. Yeah, he saw it. All right. So speaking of vision, so so now you're you're in this you're in this job, and just what was going through through your mind just the longer you stayed in it. Well, so I, I would say that particular job wasn't necessarily a pivot point because I did end up getting laid off. Um, you know, I made it through a big round and, uh, but then I, I did get laid off and, and then the job market was horrible. Uh, I was in Austin, which as a young person at the time, like now it's, it's incredible. Right. But at the time there weren't many companies that would hire young people. Right. Cause you need to be kind of a, a larger company to do that. So I ended up going to work for a fortune 500 company and, and it was, I learned a lot, but it was also miserable, right? I mean, anyone who's ever been in a large company knows it's just, they're so incredibly inefficient. There's so much wasted time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so little work that's actually productive. Yeah. Stupid and policies. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd have meetings about meetings, right? I, 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 and, I'm, and there'd be 20, 30 people on here, you know, right. it's like, no, we need to make sure we don't upset so-and-so, you know, so let's invite them into this meeting. And so it's, and, and, and you see that at, even companies that were once nimble, like Google turn into IBM, right? And, and, and you, you see that everywhere as they get bigger, just the inertia just slows them down. Um, so I was miserable doing that. And I was doing stuff on the side. I was creating websites. I was buying domain names, doing, you know, just stuff in, in the uh, in the late hours, right after I got home from work. And um, it started taking off. And one day I was driving to work. It's about a 25 minute commute. And I had a little bit of a lead foot at the time. I like to drive kind of fast. And, uh, and I was about halfway to, to work. And I was like, why am I speeding to work? You know, I'm, I'm not happy when I get there. Right. You know, and so wh 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 why am I doing this? And I, I kind of took the foot off the pedal. And um, that was kind of just a moment that stuck in my head. I'm like, th this is not what I want to do for, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's safe, comfortable living, but it's just it just wasn't what excited me. And these things on the side were making more and more money. And I got to the point where I was making more money doing things on the side than I was in my nine to five job or whatever you want to call it, eight, eight to seven job, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, you know, this it's, it's time for me to get out of this world. And and that's where I, I, I made a big change. Yep. See, so you said comfortable and people have to understand that comfortable doesn't equal happy. That's very true. That's very true. You know, cause in, in working with my clients, like I'll, I'll come and say, all right, what do you want? It's like, what do you want? And so many people have such a hard time answering that question. A lot of it just because of society stereotypes, like by this age, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And even when I made the shift from restaurants to, to fitness, people were like, you know, because this was in 2009 during the height of the recession. And right. so they're like, you know, you're going to try to start a business now when businesses are closing. You don't have a college degree, you know, because I dropped out of college. Like, you don't have a college degree and how, like, you don't have a marketing background. I'm like, yeah, but I'm good at connecting with people. I said, so as long as I focus on connecting with people, 
doors are gonna open. And it did, you know, I went from training in my garage to a 5,000 square foot facility with, you know, a couple hundred clients, again, with no degree, with bad credit, with no savings. Right. <laughs> all, right. I, all I had was a vision and, and I just stepped into what my power was. And my power was getting people to believe in themselves. Well, and, and you know, I think about that story and in in some cases, it's I, I, I think they're too, they're, you're either in a position where you have nothing to lose, yeah. right? Um, or you're in a position where you have a lot to lose and that can hold you back. Yes. Right. You know, like I, I am a, I am a, um, I'm not a big risk taker. Right. Um, and so, uh, and, and I've had, you know, risks that have gone sideways and bets that have gone sideways and that sort of thing. And that can hold you back. And I think that's probably the number one reason people stay in a job, right. Yeah. Cause they get a paycheck every week yes, or, or every month or, or whatever. So I think that's why people kind of stick to that. Yeah, like I'm sure you've heard of Les Brown. The, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with. No, okay, yeah, he's he's a, a motivational speaker. Okay, and like one of his recurrent themes, he says that one of the richest places in the world is the graveyard. Mm. You know, it's like there's so many people they take their dreams and their hopes and their wishes with them because they never act on them because they stay in that comfortable position. And I right. actually had a guy probably about 20 shows ago where he was saying that the content person doesn't move. Mm. You know, like it's either the person that has it and wants more will move or the person that hits rock bottom. And like you said, has nothing, nothing else to lose. And they go for, but that person in the middle is like, that's like the, my target audience is that person. Right. Like, you know, it's like, you know that you're kind of not happy, but you're afraid to lose your current lifestyle. But, you know, I just try to help people see, but like what I was holding on to with the restaurant, I wish I dropped it 10 years sooner. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I talked to so many people who are like, if I just made this decision sooner. Yes. Right. And which is looking backward, right? Which isn't always mm -hmm. good, but, but hopefully that's inspirational to other people, right? If I just done this sooner. Yes. Um, and there's some survivorship bias to that, right? You know, yeah. I, I think people that try something new and fail don't go around saying, oh, <laughs> man, I wish I had tried this sooner. Which, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but See, but I, I think most people are stuck in that space that you're talking about, right? Yes. It's that, that middle ground. Yep. And so what, what I do with, I call myself the storytelling coach. And so like what, what I do, because that, that's something I had to do with myself. I just got, got a piece of paper and I was like, what do you want to do, Rob? It's like, you don't want to manage restaurants. Like, again, you have no degree. You really have no savings. So it's like, what do you want to do? And then I just got my notebook and I just, just started write, just writing stuff out. And then from that, I came up with a seven-module program. And it was originally geared towards fitness. But I was like, I can take these principles and I can really use it for any industry. You know, like even as successful as you are, like, all right, Andrew, you want to scale up? All right, what do you want to do? And then we just, we can go right down that same framework and we can help scale your, your business or if someone's mm -hmm. a, a salon owner. All right, so what do you want to do? And then we go right down the framework. So it, like it can work really globally, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because one thing that's definitely global is happiness. Like people want to be happy. Right, right. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, but I think most people don't know what's going to make them happy or they think they know, but you get to the goalpost and the goalpost is moved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but that's where the power in your story comes from. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so because like mine was all right. So what did you want to do when you were younger? Like I wanted to speak. I want I wanted to be in an arena. Of course, you know, COVID kind of put a damper on that. But like I wanted, <laughs> wanted to be in an arena with thousands of people just pouring out. You know, it's like it's like I had dreams of that as as a teenager. And I was like, I want to just step into a stadium and just have all eyes and ears on me as I'm doing my thing. So I'm like, I'm not going to get that. And like I had bits and pieces in the restaurant doing like staff meetings and, and stuff, stuff like that. So I think it scratched it enough, but it wasn't what I wanted. And so like once I re- revisited, you know, the old the stories from my childhood in my early 20s, I was like the answer is right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the problem with the people who are content is that they think the elsewhere. I mean, that what they want is elsewhere, but it, it, it's already here. Like what you want, it's already talking to you. You're just shutting it up. Right. Right. It's a good point. Thank you. All right. So for you, so when did you discover pod- podcasting? So let's see. I, I started it in, I started before it was called podcasting or before people called that, you know, we had lots of internet radio shows. And so yeah. I did a few episodes of internet radio, kind of enjoyed it, you know, shoved it under a mat. And then um, about, let's see, I'm up to of my own podcast. I'm up to 328 weekly episodes. So we're talking about six years ago about where I kind of got back into it. And I have a a blog about domain names, which is a a real niche. Um, But there are people that live and breathe this and and spend all day thinking about domain names. And I was like, you know, how how can I expand this and make it more? Well, just expand it as a medium, right? Because I think a lot of times people get complacent. I've been running this site now. Yesterday was the 16th year. It's 16 years old now. And you can get complacent. And I, I've seen I've seen other types of media die, uh, like forums have become a lot less popular than they were 15 years ago, right? Web yeah. forums where people are chatting, that sort of thing. And so I was like, hey, wh- what can I do that adds some color to this? And I didn't really have any in-depth interviews with people like what we're having right now. So I decided to to start podcasting. And, and that's when I got into it. Nice. Yeah, it's like... That's similar. I, I used to do a uh, blog talk radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. So yep. I did that, that one a while ago. I called that one shut up and exercise. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so shut up was, was always my thing. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so. But before it was popular. Now, now all the books have expletives on them. Or, yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> right. true. Do this and stuff. And, and you so were ahead true. of the times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so once the gym got closed last, last March, like I had, I had the lights and the microphone and the, and the green screen. Like I had all that stuff. I really wasn't doing anything with it. Maybe it was like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, you know, there's Joe Rogan out there and other yeah. people. It's like, but then, then I was like, you know, what? I'm not, I'm not competing with, with him. You know, it's like, like right now, my, my demographic is mostly moms. I think when, when I look at my metrics, I think it's like 88% women and 12% men. Wow. <laughs> you know? wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, I just have to just reach out to, to that audience. And I said, so I'm just going to turn on the camera and start talking. <laughs> so, so like my first eight episodes was just me, just yeah. picking mm-hmm. topics and just talking. And then that was when I actually stumbled upon your site. And so I was like, all right, I said, let me, let me try, try this. You know, like everyone, I got the free ver- version at first and just to see what, see what it was about. But then once I upgraded 
And then I think I was spotlighted on Twitter or something because one day I was getting request after request. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and, and then, like, <laughs> then like, because like I don't use Twitter often, but right. then I, I I opened it up and then I saw I saw me. I was like, oh, that must be where they're coming from because <laughs> I think I booked twelve in like a two hour span. Wow, wow, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, they just started yeah. pouring in, and now like I get I get several several per per week, like without really trying, like they're finding me. That's no, fine. That's which, awesome. Which I'm so glad stuff. to hear that. Yes. And, and and that's what really, you know, it's great hearing those stories, right? You know, I'm able to help you out um, while I'm doing a business at the same time, right? So it's exactly. perfect. Exactly. And so how did you how did you start that? Like when did you get get the first idea? Right. So about a year in the podcasting, I was I I'd started with a guest format and I was, I kind of tapped my Rolodex, right? So keep in mind, I'm podcasting about domain names, right? So this is not the, <laughs> the biggest topic in the world. And, you know, yeah, I'd interviewed 50 people from the industry that I knew, but I wanted to find new people and people that I'm, I'm not familiar with, right? That, you know, that aren't in my network. And so I looked around to see if I could find a a system, a service, something to help me find guests for my show. And there are lots of agencies out there that will help you find guests. They do it. It's, it's very manual and it's very expensive. And I said, well, I, you know, most podcasters aren't making lots of money. They, they can't afford even to spend 500, $600 per guest, you know, paid mm -hmm. to an agency that they're finding. Um, and so what if I create a platform for it? And I modeled it off of this service called Helper Reporter out that's been around oh, for yeah, ages. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, you know, the idea of Helper Reporter out is, you know, I say, hey, I'm looking for someone that's had this experience. You know, if you know someone, pitch them to me to for, for a story I'm writing typically. Yeah. Um, as, as a journalist. And so I modeled it off of that. And I said, let's just keep this really simple. Let me go get a couple hundred podcasters, ask them to join this email list, and then I'll send out opportunities with podcasts that are looking for guests. And there was, a, there was a bit of grinding there. Speaking of shutting up and grinding, you know, was, <laughs> I sent out individual emails to people asking them, I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Are you interested in trying it out? And I got a couple hundred people, sent out that first email. And the podcasts I included in there got like five responses, maybe eight responses, pitches. And I say, hey, for 200 people, that's, that's not bad, right? Yeah. I, I've got something here. Um, and then I, I kind of, well, I started scaling it up from there and now we have over 30,000 people on, on wow. that email list that use it. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and it's very, it's very easy to use. Like, I mean, just getting, getting the emails in with people already highlighted, it makes it easier. You know, it just on the consumer end, it takes some of the guesswork out. Cause again, with mine, it's about sharing people's stories. So I can really right. accept almost anyone. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So it's not like I just need people who are in fitness or in personal development. So if someone is a fisherman, it's like, hey, there's a great story. How, how'd right. you become a fisherman? And we can just break down their stories. So right, for, right, for, right. for me, like pitching people is very, is very easy. So I mean, thank thank you for that. Yeah. You know, it's funny the um Every once in a while, I'll feature a podcast in there where they have some, you know, pretty esoteric requests. Like, I need a, I need, I interview B movie stars from the 80s, 
you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking. And then they get like someone who is on Baywatch and all the, you know, it's, it's so weird to me. I mean, these people are out there and, and you know, I mean, shoot, I, I podcast about domain names, so I should know, you know, even if you have a very specific topic, uh, there are people out there that, that fit yeah. it. And it's just a matter of finding them. It's funny. I was talking with someone. She's a recent college grad. And I was telling her, I was like, if you have a smartphone, say there is no reason right now in 2021 for college students to be graduating Brooke. Right. And she's like, you, you think? I'm like, yes. I'm like, because you can become an Amazon affiliate. You can create an Etsy store. I said you got eBay. I said, you will be surprised. Like my dad passed in 2019. And he was, uh, like I said earlier, he was an engineer. He had so much stuff as far as tools and scrap metal. And as we're going through, like my mom's making a junk pile of stuff. And I was like, mom said, you should list this stuff on, on the marketplace. And she's like, ain't nobody going to buy that crap. I'm like, you'll be surprised. I'm like, I'm like, did you forget the stuff dad used to come home with? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. there's people like him out there too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so exciting, the opportunity out there now. When I created my first e-commerce store after I got laid off in 2001, it was so hard. You know, there, there was no Shopify. Um, yeah. Even developing a basic website without e-commerce was time consuming. You had to teach yourself and it was expensive just to host. It was expensive. Yeah. Uh, and, and now you can start it. You can get incredible analytics package, all this stuff for, you know, under a hundred bucks. So it's, it's amazing what you can do now. It's true. Yeah. And uh, there's many different platforms out there. A lot of them are just drag and drop, drag and drop. Yep. You know, and there's freelance sites now, you know, you can do like Fiverr and Upwork, just send stuff out, give it three, three days, you come back professionally done. It's incredible. Like, I incredible. didn't make, I didn't make that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that made. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, it, and it helps us specialize, right? Like I, my podcast, I, I pay an editor to do it because I was like, this is not going to be worth my time. And I'm never going to be an expert at editing this and making it sound good. So let me outsource it. Yeah. That's the epitome of staying in your lane of genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with, um, so with that site now, so you got 30,000 people, like what's your long-term vision? It's a good question, Rob. You know, so there are 30,000 people and about 650 of them pay. So you you alluded to earlier, you join for free, which is how most people still use the service, which is fantastic. Um, and then if you want to get booked on shows and you want to get, you want the podcasters to come to you rather than you having to pitch them, you can pay a, a small monthly or annual fee and get in front of people, right? And so that's what generates most of the revenue. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of an ideal business because it's recurring revenue. Uh, every, every month or every year people pay. Um, and, it, and it also helps people at the same time. And it's interesting because I think about the business and it's really scaled, you know, from nobody six years ago to over 30,000 people now. And that the paid user base is scaling as well. And I should mention, this wasn't my original business model. I was modeling it off of help a reporter out. I was like, oh, I can sell ads against it, which, yeah. which I do. But, um, you know, this kind of came to me because users were asking for it. They're like, I, I need, I need an easier way. I need people to invite me on their show and, and that sort of thing. So it scaled a yeah. lot. And the time frame you start, you mentioned March of last year when everything shut down, podcast took off as far yeah. as people creating them, right? <laughs> yep. Because everyone's like, okay, what do I do now? You know, I can't go to the gym. I can't, you know, I know you do speaking. You can't show up somewhere to speak when, uh, when nobody can be there. And so a lot of people turn to podcasting and it's really kind of doubled the business from a, 
from a revenue perspective in yep. about about 15 well 12 months now i guess um so you know it, it's an interesting question i think a lot of people look at businesses and they're like what's your exit strategy and you should mm. sell for a lot of money which if the right person comes comes along i will do but i'm yeah. also a big believer in you know a lifestyle business is not a bad business. And no. I think I think we get into this trap where everyone's looking at these companies that go public and sell for a lot of money and think, oh, you should go raise money from venture capitalists. You should do this. You should do that. So you can sell out a big multiple. Um, you know, most of those businesses fail. <laughs> and, 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 and speaking of survivorship bias, you know, we think of the Facebooks of the world where people made a lot of money. You know, going to school in Austin, it was Dell. Right. So yeah. Dell actually started his business in, in my dorm many years before uh, I lived there. But there were all these people called Dellionaires and some of them were <laughs> administrative assistants that just got stock options and then became millionaires from it. But that's so rare. And most of the time these businesses fail. And so I think people oftentimes are looking at, OK, what do I do next? What do I do next? How do I? And, and believe me, I'm thinking about scale ev every day. Right. When I look yeah. at this business. Um, but I don't necessarily have, have an exit strategy on it in, in mind. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a good question. I get it. I get it a lot. So. Yeah. Cause like I do my best. I mean, I don't do it daily. Like I know, no, I should, but I, I look for 10 to join my show and then to be a guest on 10. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's cool that you got both options right there. Right. Yeah, right. Really Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, Absolutely. Cause like, cause I've seen some others too. But um, yours is the only one I'm paying for. <laughs> so, like yeah. And so, so kind of getting back to your question there, a lot of people ask me to add new features to the service and, and I've thought about it, you know, um, there, there are a couple ideas I have, um, but, you know, I look at some of the, the other services that have popped up in recent years and they're trying to do everything from A to Z. And yeah. sometimes it's hard to do everything well, if you're doing yeah. that. Um, and so, that's kind of, I, I, I want to do it well. I want to be cognizant when I expand it, that I do it in response to uh, requests from people like, hey, I really want this. Hey, I really want this. So, well, and, and, and without damaging the core business, right? Yes. So. See, one of my mentors had a perfect analogy. He said, if you take a Casio watch and a Rolex, he's like, if you look at the two of them, the Casio watch has probably four times the functionality <laughs> of <true>. the Rolex. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 he's like, the Rolex doesn't even have numbers on it. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like, all it has is Rolex and the hands. That's it. They're like, this one is waterproof and it does stopwatch and it checks my heart rate and it without all this list. He said, but this one is $89. This one is 5,000. <laughs> you know, so, so he's like, just because this one has all the other bells and whistles, this one is a luxury brand. Right. You right. Know? So, so like his, his moral of the story was like, don't try to be everything for, for everyone. Well, and, and, you know, I, I think a perfect example would be um, when people schedule podcasts, I know you use what ca Calendly for, uh, Calendly, for, yeah. Yeah. And uh, people said, Oh, you know, it'd be interesting if you could kind of help the process of getting a schedule. And I'm like, I'm never going to be as good as Calendly, you know, I mean, they, mm -hmm. they've got, and there are all these services out there. People should just use them, right. For, yeah. for those services. So, you know, I think, I think I can be a hub for it, right. There are uh, a number of services related to podcasting that will, will sponsor 
uh, or, or related to PR, M much like help a reporter out. I, I don't know if you know their full story, but basically PR agencies started advertising in their newsletter and then a PR agency was spending so much money every year. They said, well, we just buy you. And so, 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 so they, they bought it. Um, no and, that I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the guy was just doing it from the couch in his room before that was something people did. So, and isn't it amazing how many businesses start out like that? Like, yeah. Instead, I mean, this is my 58th episode, but just, just hearing, just hearing everyone's backstory, it, it's, it's incredible because, you know, you hear so many things out there about how people get stuff handed to them and they mm -hmm. were born with a silver spoon. And, and like, I had, had this guy who was an Israeli immigrant. And he, he was trying to kind of like gloss over it. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, let's stay there. Stay there for a second. You know, because like I was kind of leading him to the differences between living there and living hit here in the U.S. Because, mm. you know, people trash the U.S. all the time. You know, like it's this, it's that. I'm like, but this this guy like, you know, pretty much mortgaged his entire future in Israel to come here. <laughs> so like I wanted to highlight that journey. Have you heard of Restoration 911, the cleaning company? Uh, you know, I, I think, I think so. Yeah. 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 So he's, he's the, the founder and CEO. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he started out, you know, he had to go to, to join the Israeli army because he had yeah. really I, no other does. options. Yeah. yeah. He had no mm -hmm. other options and he couldn't do that anymore. And he's like, well, they're free in America. So he came here with only a thousand bucks. He and five other people stayed in a one bed apartment and then they, they just started cleaning and then how he got his, his idea is so they got called out to a place that got flooded now they were mm -hmm. doing carpet cleaning so like they didn't really deal with water but they were right. very people business like i was saying earlier like i'm good with connecting people so they were very cu customer focused so when the the other guys came for the for the flood the uh, restoration guys he just said they just came in did what they did and they left like there was really no interaction with the homeowner and so they were like we can do that, you know. So, like, what yeah. if we what if we add that piece? And then, so they were able to get a bigger truck, and then he, they went to some conference where he was talking with other people who are in that space. He said they were just negative, and mm -hmm. and then that that's how we got the idea to, to start a franchise because he like he wanted mm -hmm. it to be customer based, and now this guy's a multi millionaire with one of the yeah. biggest franchises in that's the world. Great. That's great. Yep. And he started great out story. poor in a third world country. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, you know, the, odd, the odds were stacked against him for sure. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, uh, Scott, Scott Galloway, he's a professor at NYU and he's got a really big, big following in the uh, tech space and business space. And he always says, look, I was born on third base. I was born as a white male in America, you know, during the, I, I don't know, I, he's a little bit older, like during the eighties. Right. And he's like, yeah. you know, I mean, when, whenever we, and that's a perfect comparison, right. To someone who, who was born in and had to immigrate to the United States and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like the, these stories, they're, they're just incredible, but like I, I highlight those because platforms like yours allow those stories to get out. And, and that's one of the most satisfying things about it that I, you know, I, I hadn't thought of when I created it. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have this, Oh, I'll be able to help people tell their story. Right. I was, I had a problem I was trying to solve, you know, for, for, <laughs> for, for my own podcast. And it's yeah. about domain names, not about great stories, you know, yeah. but um, <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. 
uh, seeing all these different people with all these different stories and the way that podcasting brings them together. I mean, podcasting like this, it's a long form medium. We're going to be talking yeah. for an hour today, right? It's not a blog post that someone reads in two minutes or three minutes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a long form medium and people really do have amazing stories out there. And another thing is, um, you know, a lot of us think we're the only ones who have a particular challenge in our lives. And what you'll find is that there are a lot of other people that are going through what you're going through or have gone through it. And it's kind of a support network too, right? Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's helping each other out through that. Uh, I have a lot of people who have suffered from disease that use the platform and they talk about, you know, their life living with MS or, their life after a stroke or overcoming this or that. And it's yeah. really uplifting, right? Um, yes. And so I, I, I love seeing those types of stories and there are lots of podcasts out there now that are, that are covering those types of stories or, or helping disseminate those stories. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be one of them. Like, you yeah. know, like you yeah. mentioned stroke, like my sister had a brain aneurysm burst a few years ago in mm -hmm. uh, 2016 and uh, she survived it. Like they, they gave her twenty percent chance of survival, mm. but you know she's still here. But like she, she was holding in a lot of anger about it. And so I, I actually got her to speak with with me for an hour a couple weeks ago off air. You know, like she didn't want to talk on on air yet. But I finally at least got her to talk about it. Right. And then one a woman, I actually helped her create create a podcast. She's a clinical psychologist, and I got my sister to agree to to speak to her as well. You know, just because I want her to talk about her, her experiences. Like, she, she's just pissed that she's not the same person she was five years ago. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I'm like, but you're still here, though. <laughs> you right. Know, like, that, like, that yeah. part matters, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and, and it's it's listening to those stories. Because, I mean, you, even as her sibling, I mean, we don't know what it's like, yeah. right? I mean, we, we see it, but... You can't live it. And, and, and I think that's one of the things, you know, we've seen in the United States over the past couple of years is it's hard to be in someone else's shoes, but if you listen to them and yeah. understand what they've gone through in their life, it, it really opens up your mind. Right. Yes. And, and it really, it really helps you appreciate what you had. And, you know, I was, I was born a white male in America too, you know, and, and it took a long time for me to understand what that meant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a journey I'm still on. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, see, like, I mean, I, I'm on the other side of the fence on that one, <laughs> and I'm actually going to be doing another panel. Like, I did a panel maybe, maybe about two months ago on that topic because, mm -hmm. I, to to me, a lot of it has to do with upbringing. You know, so like, I was born in New York City. I'm the one. I'm the youngest of seven kids, but my father, well, my parents moved us up here to Rhode Island in the woods because he he wanted better environment he wanted better education better teachers right. like like he, he wanted that stuff so he found a job and he moved us out of the city you know so now not saying people have to leave the city to get a good upbringing but if you're if you're in a place that's not favorable especially now in 2021 you have the power to change it <laughs> you know so i have five kids i don't tell my five kids that they have disadvantages Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like this is a free country all you need is a is a dream and the discipline to reach that dream that's right. it that's it like are you gonna encounter some mountains yeah you absolutely you absolutely might but so are you 
<laughs> so, right, so, you know, so and, is and anyone else. I, I think you're coming from a perspective of someone who, whose dad did make that move, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, think think about how how things might be different if he hadn't done that. Um, and so, you know, yeah. and yeah, I I, I think um, it's fantastic to have that message. I also, though, I think it's important for someone in my shoes to recognize that um, people have more to overcome and it's not just necessarily yeah. because of what they've done in their life. Right. It's what, yeah. what's happened in this country. Right. For, for the years before that. So yeah. Yeah. No, centuries. That, yeah. It's like, you know, not, not to, you know, take away from my main message, but, right, right, but right, uh, right. yeah, yeah. It's just, just with, with me, it's, it's all, it's every, everybody, everybody suffers. Everybody suffers at some yeah. point. And then so, doing so it, you're on kind of the mindset side and Hey, let's overcome yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just an accountability coach. I'm an accountability yeah. coach. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, and before, before COVID, like I would speak in the city schools here in, in Providence and the other side of Cranston and in, in, in Pawtucket, Central Falls, you know, with their their more their more um, diverse inner city schools, mm-hmm. and and I would share that message with the kids. And it's like you know, like if you're not getting getting the information you need at home, I said then it's up to you to find that info. Mm-hmm. You know, because like maybe maybe the adults are too far gone, but we can do it with kids. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. we can do it with yeah, the yeah. kids. It's like yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. you know maybe you're you're growing up kind of poor, but you can change it. You know, so like that, that's that, that message, that message I bring. Yeah. There's going to be things that may try to get in your way, but if, if your will is strong, you can break it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And like, I was actually on a podcast on Sunday. I was uh, broadcasting out of the, out of the UK. You know, we were talking, talking about, about that. And, you know, like a, a lot of people don't, don't share my, my sentiments. Like I'm not acting like people don't struggle, but if you choose to stay in the struggle, it's a choice. That's my thing. Like the world is so open. It's so connected. Information is right at your fingertips. It is. We are, (laughs) we are, like I said earlier, we're in exciting times, you know, and you think about that information being at your fingertips, which wasn't, you know, when when you and I were growing up, it it was, it was very difficult to get that information. Um, Mm -hmm. And we, we take that for granted so much. I mean, I mean, just trying to explain this to my daughter, you know, who, yeah. who is born this century, you know, what, yeah. what it was like just to find, just to research something, right. Going into an encyclopedia or, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and we couldn't interact like this, you know, someone no. on the East coast and someone on the West coast, exactly. you know, to have a conversation like this. If, if we did, we were paying for long distance <laughs> and it was very expensive and it wasn't video. It was audio only. Yep. So remember uh, getting lost. I'm sorry. Yeah. So remember like driving and getting lost? Oh yeah. And you gotta pull over so yeah, take a left Get your down map and the, out. Yep, you got to think you're trying to write the directions down really quick. <laughs> you didn't have a cell phone, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I, I I you know, I look back and like, how do we do it? You know, <laughs> but but we did. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's so true. It's so true. But um, all right, so back onto the podcast site. So right. when people when people sign up for the free version, what are they getting? So with the free version, you get signed up for the emails. Everyone gets the emails and we send these out once to twice per week, every Monday. And then right now we're doing every other Thursday. And that list includes a list of podcasts that are looking for guests. And if you're fit for them, if you match your qualifications, you click a link and essentially pitch yourself to that podcaster. 
Um, and then it also has a list of experts who are looking to get booked. And those are people that are paying. They're on the paying side of the service in there. So if you're a podcaster, you can go through there. It's always free for podcasters. You can go through there and find guests or go to the directory. Um, and then you can also submit your podcast to be included in the newsletter so that people can pitch to you. You'll be one of those 10 podcasts in there that people uh, can pitch to. So um, always free on the podcast side. Experts, it's free if you want it to be. If you want podcasters to come to you, then then you can upgrade your account. Okay. Yeah, and again, it's well worth it. Like I said, because I get some. I don't. I don't want to say daily, but definitely multiple times a week. That, I'm getting, yeah, I'm that's getting just random people hit, hitting me up. So that so that's a good thing. And then obviously, the ones I pitch, the response rate from when I was just on the free version, the response rate is much more. I'd say I probably have about a 90% response rate. Interesting. Interesting. And so uh, is, is part of that pitching process, you can include a link to your profile page yes. on, on podcastguest.com. So I'm glad to hear that, that, that is making a difference. And, yeah, and, and what this does to a podcaster, I, I think there, there are two things about you being a, a paid, paid member that makes you um, more appealing to a podcaster. So first it shows that you're actually in this to do it. Right. You know, I mean, we're, we're not talking about a lot of money a month. Right. You know, the, yeah. the most expensive version is thirty nine dollars a month. Yeah. Um, so, but but it shows that, you know, you've got some skin in the game. You're serious about this. Um, the other thing is that by being a paid member, you get that directory listing, which includes it's basically an online what we call in the business a one sheet, which oh, is, yeah. hey, here, here's who Rob is. Here's everything about him. Here's his background. And it also includes information about how you'll help promote the shows that you're on. Um, which, which is big to, to podcasters. They want to know that as a guest, you'll help promote the show afterward. Yeah. And it includes sample questions as well that you can ask that person. And it doesn't mean that the podcaster will ask those questions, but you, you know, this as a podcaster, you're kind of doing some research on, on your interviewee and it's easier. The more information you have at your fingertips, the, the better, right? So yeah. it makes it so much easier for a podcaster to, to interview you if, if you've upgraded your account. Yeah, and all the research it's there. So like you yeah. don't have to you don't have to right. go searching for the it's right there. So it's uh, it, it's just it's like, awesome you know, they, they always say if you're pitching a journalist to like cover your company, make it as easy for them as possible. You know, you're not going to yeah. actually write the article, but you know, you're giving them everything they need because they're busy, right? And they yeah. have lots of stories to write. So Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and like you mentioned Harold, like I've gotten I've gotten a few a few bookings from from them. Well, That's great. to to contribute to I say probably about maybe 6 or 7. It's like I don't I don't pitch a lot to them, but mm -hmm. I have gotten some. So more so try to get in uh like bigger publications, which I've got gotten into several. Right. Yeah, and then I've been on TV in Australia three times. Huh. And uh yeah, nice. like that was yeah, I've been on TV more in Australia than I have in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, and, and, and I tell people, too, you know, um, especially when you're starting out as a guest on shows, uh, you, you don't need to worry about the size of the show when you begin. Yeah. Just just get your feet wet and the small appearances can lead to more. And, and I also encourage people, you know, the more targeted the audience, you know, is, is more important to me, I think, than being on the biggest shows, right? If yeah, it's not targeted. Yep. I, I agree. Yeah. Cause the people that need to hear your message, that's who you want to talk to. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and like I said, with mine, my, my target demographic is most, it's mostly moms, you know, cause, cause like my, moms go through a lot of stuff 
and they just like they just don't realize the power in their stories. You know, mm. it's mm. The, it's the same with a lot of people because you know, like what you go through in the course of a day is just routine for you. But if we were probably to sit down and actually like write it out day by day, I'm pretty sure I can find some. Hey, that's awesome. Hey, that's awesome too. Yeah, yeah. you know that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't probably stand out to you because that's your everyday life. Right. Right. Yeah. So I help people do that, and then we use the platform to help people tell their stories. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's fantastic. All so. right. So you got a final word for us? Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. I I, I always like talking about um, podcasting is is a way to get your message out there, and it's great to have people like you that are helping people get get their messages out there and. Yeah, with just anyone who's listening, I invite you again. It's free. You just sign up at podcastguests.com. Uh, you can try it out, see if it's a, a fit for you, and, and start guesting on, on podcasts. It's a lot of fun and can be very rewarding. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Um, all right. I'm going to go into my outro. Just don't sign out yet, though. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, thank you very much for joining. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. All right. So, that was Andrew, creator of podcastguests.com. So, whether you have one or if you want to create one, just sign sign up. Even if you start with the free version, see what it's about. Like that's what I did. And then I realized, as you said, the most expensive one's 39 bucks. That's the one I get. And I get guests every single, almost every single day. Almost. Like, I don't want to lie. So I'd say probably five out of seven days, I'm getting new, new bookings. And in some cases, it's multiple bookings per day. So definitely want to check it out. If you're just tuning in now, go back to the beginning and just listen to it all the way through. Because you guys know all we do here is drop golden nuggets that are designed to help you succeed. All right. So quick plug. You know, we got the shut up and grind gear. So we got sweatshirts. We got long sleeves. We got tank tops, all that good stuff. Shut up and grind and if you want to support the show financially, shut up and grind.me slash support. And with that, let's get that shirt off of here. We're going to go into the outro. I am back again on Friday. We're back to 11 o'clock with Cassandra. All right. So until then, shut up and grind. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.